pastors, Mark and Jeremy's uh, Bible study on the book of Acts. Uh, if you didn't get to check the intro video out, I'll put a link to that in the description, just underneath our video you're watching now. And uh, today, we will jump right into Acts chapter 1. Yep, yep. Chapter Uno. All right. And I guess we covered a little bit of this in the intro, but uh, verse 1, Luke writes, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, the ascension. Uh, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering of, and by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And so much already, like just in that beginning element there. We talked a little bit about it in the, in the intro, but maybe just to highlight on it briefly again, uh, I think yours said second uh, book. Mine says former in the version that I'm looking First at. Book. But just a reminder that uh, you know Luke is the author, as Pastor Mark mentioned, and this really is the, the follow-up, if you will, or his second second work going into the book of Acts. I was actually looking at that more this week, and something that I found interesting that I've never known before is the fact that if you take Luke and Acts and combine the amount of verbiage, if you will, together between the two, they actually make up over 25% of the New Testament, which I literally did not know until I looked at that this week and saw how much material is truly present in this work. Yeah, I think, yeah, and that's why, even though Luke is a physician, I kind of referred to him as a historian hmm. uh, because he did do so much research and interviews, his own accounts, but firsthand accounts from Mary and so forth, and uh, Peter and Paul, I'm sure, uh, to comprise of what he wanted to, to do a very historical, a very uh, kind of linear uh, in time. This happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Just this orderly account, which is, uh, it's a different genre even than, say, the book of John. Oh, yeah. John's gospel, which is, you know, this, this theology and this doctrinal point and this doctrinal point. Uh, it's more, you know, it's just a different way of organizing the information. Uh, but yeah, if you read through Luke and Acts, just that, you've got a really clear picture of obviously Jesus's life and ministry, and also the first, you know, first decades of, of the church. I like where this begins too. It talks about in the second verse there until the day that he was taken up into heaven, like you mentioned, talking about his ascension, because it really kicks off. Uh, where Luke leaves off. Right in Luke's last chapter, in verse 50, I think it is, he talks about that ascension, and so this immediately becomes like that follow-up, and it flows really well into just jumping from one work into the next. So if you are maybe reading these with us, uh, either week by week or even looking at them in their entirety, maybe even do that a little bit this week, pick up in the, in the end of Luke and review the Easter story with us, move up to this concept of the ascension and then jump into to acts as we begin this book then together when i come across the phrase the kingdom of god i like to remind people uh the meaning here is uh the reign of god mm. the rule of god uh, we think today's english a kingdom is kind of the static this boundary it's like a nation uh, but here in this use the new testament use 
you know, Luke here and throughout the New Testament, and Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the rule of God. And then so we'll talk about the ascension and how important that event is to the reign, the rule of God. Uh, but, Interesting how it kicks off right away too. Same thing in verse 2 there. It mentions again uh, this gift of the Holy Spirit that we go get into more detail here in just a minute of the apostles that are there. And uh, when you look at that word apostles in the Greek, it, it again, it sets a great foundation for this book, this concept of messengers, these individuals that are taking this gospel that has just been given and now spreading it throughout the world to be able to take it to the ends. We'll get to that in a second here too. Yeah, good. All right, next couple of verses there. Uh, verse four, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise from the Father, which he said. And uh, we, you know, Pastor Jeremy pointed out this last week, uh, you know, Acts is one of the very few books outside of the Gospels where there's red letters, where you actually have quotes from Jesus. Uh, Revelation, yeah. uh, Corinthians, I don't even know if it's red letters, but Paul quotes the words of institution. Uh, but right here in Acts, again, because it is kind of this continuation of his Gospel, uh, we get the red letters. Sorry. Anyway, no, that's a, that's a good that's a good point. That's this a, is kind that's of a, neat, that's a really always, good point. Yeah, I kind of thought it was neat. Uh, so anyway, Jesus said, "You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit not many days from now." And as we just read a few verses earlier, it's been forty days. Yep. Yep. Since the resurrection is the day of ascension, and we'll get more into that. But um, and so in our church calendar still today. Uh, 40 days after Easter Sunday is a special day in the church calendar. It's Ascension Day, which is always falls on a Thursday, 40 days after the Easter Sunday. And there used to be, and I guess there are still some churches that have special Ascension yeah, services, services once in a while. Thursday nights. Yeah, you'll see that once in a while. And then it kind of follows that, like you said, that timeline, because then, again, you push forward, what, 10 days later and you see where this promise starts coming yeah and the holy spirit actually is descending on them i always think it's neat too not to skip through it fast this concept of him connecting the holy spirit with this concept of baptism and you know how important that is for us i think to remember today of that gift that we are given and how just amazing it is that I mean, from the very beginning, these two elements are brought together. They're, they're seen as being something that's synonymous with one another about receiving this promise or receiving this, this gift that God has given to us. Yeah, absolutely. And so from the very beginning, right, the first baptism, Jesus' baptism, the dove, the Holy Spirit descends. So the very important connection, connection there. Uh, okay, so we jump into the ascension. Yeah. Vignette, and we'd read those passages. Yeah. All right. Uh, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, they're watching him, uh, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, 
two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Again, so oh, much there. <laughs> oh, so much. Just looking again at verse 6. How interesting is it what the disciples ask Jesus? Uh, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Remember, Christ, Christ is risen in his risen form. And the question they're essentially asking is, are you going to form this earthly kingdom now? You know, we thought you were going to do that before. He's been telling them so much, you know, my kingdom is not of this earth. This is what it needs to happen. I even think of Ron shot us a question this week talking about the disciples kind of maybe questioning Jesus at times before the resurrection, you know, that he told them that he was going to have to die. He was going to rise again. It was still hard for them to believe. But even after that, they're still in this mode of, of questioning in this time period. It's so funny to see them like that. Yeah. Well, and what it reminds me of is uh, when I was a kid or now as a parent, uh, having kids on car trips. <laughs> are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. Are we there yet? I knew the words before are they were turning them out. Yep. Come on, Jesus. Are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. How perfect that. How perfect that truly is. And funny, you know. So what is his response? You know, he could have get the risen Christ can get so upset at them, right? Guys, you you don't get it yet. Like, come on. Here's the here's the holes. I've appeared. I, I've continued to appear. Everything I have said is happening. But, you know, what does he tell them? It is not for you to know at this time, kind of uh, stay in your lane. You know, this is up to the Father. You're on a need-to-know basis. Uh, but he doesn't get upset with them. Instead, he offers them something. But, but what I do have for you, the Holy Spirit will come onto you, and you will be my witnesses. You know, again, what a, a tremendous gift that, that he provides in them. I think uh, a big... What, what can answer a really big question for a lot of us um, when people ask, you know, why did God allow this? Or mm -hmm. why is God allowing the pandemic right now? Why doesn't God stop it? Why does God allow something bad to happen? Why won't God step in? Why does or why doesn't God? Anytime we ask a question about what God is doing, what we think he should be doing, you know, the response is, don't worry about that. This is what you should be doing. Yeah. You're going to be my witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is going to come back. He's going to restore the kingdom. He's the new heavens and new earth. It's going to happen. Why doesn't he do it now? When is he going to do it? You know what? Don't bother asking questions about what God should be or when God's going to do. You just focus on what you're supposed to be doing. And Jesus said, you're supposed to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the earth. Yeah, I was gonna remember. You know, you know, it's funny the way that it's phrased, but like the concept of uh, God's foolishness being wiser than, than than our wisdom or men's wisdom at any point. Not that God is foolish in any way, but just to phrase that uh, from Scripture of always always remembering how finite our minds are, and we always see these things that well, this has to happen, or why would this happen? And we have that tendency to question. And not that questions are bad, they're actually really good for us, but it's that doubting concept and just, just trust. You know, we really need to find that concept of being able to trust. And when it gets down to the core, that's what our faith really is. You know, do we trust in God and not just here or, or here, but in the totality of our lives? Yeah, and if we do trust Him, we'll try to carry out our responsibilities.
And also in that one verse there, um, one thing we didn't really cover last week in the intro was the outline of the book. It's very well organized. Uh, but right there in that verse, that's the outline of the book. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, through the ends of the earth. earth. As we go through the book, that's what we see. We see the gospel being spread in Judea, Samaria, uh, to the ends of the earth. Uh, When it gets into like talking about Christ coming back in the latter half of what you talked about there, and you're saying, you know, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the, the sky? I love that it talks about, you know, he's going to come back the same way you saw him go. And it's something... I don't know, this just always stood out to me. This concept of like the clouds, out of everything Christ could have picked, this mentioning of the clouds. And this is something that is a good reminder for me. So many times in the state of Arizona, at least, uh, our skies are so clear and, and, and empty. We don't always have an abundance of clouds. But on the days that we do, I think they really stand out. And it's kind of a neat memory of uh, Christ's words here. Uh, and the message that we're giving that this promise that he's going to come back to us and being able to see something in nature, if you will, and know, you know, we don't just stand there in this moment hoping, but we know that promise will come true. But until that time, we get to serve as his witnesses here on this earth. Yeah, I have some more far out theories on, on clouds. Oh, oh that's a whole that. other study, I'm sure. Totally right? not going to get into that. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it, though. You're going to have interest. I know, I'm going to get some questions. The cloud devotion by Pastor Mark. But I will say, just for now, uh, there is this theme of God's presence with clouds. Uh, if you go all the way back to the time of Moses, mm. God appeared yeah. to the Israelites, a pillar of clouds yeah. by day, yeah. fire by night. Yeah. Ezekiel's vision of the cloud is consumed in the cloud. Uh, yeah, Jesus' ascension, well, Enoch, Jesus' ascension up into the, the cloud, and he said, you're going to come back. And uh, if you read you know, Revelation, some of our hymnody, it talks about the Jesus return, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. the, the heavens being opened like a scroll, the cloud being kind of peeled back. And being able to see basically the sounds like you have a whole sermon series on clouds coming up here. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Let's go. All right. Verse twelve. If you're following along with us, I think is where we're at here. Yeah. Okay. So the angel said, uh, "You'll see Jesus again." Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. So it's a shorter walk. Other words, in other words rather than a normal day's walk. Uh, And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. (laughs) Uh, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. It's a different Judas. Uh, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So you have like James, the author of James. Uh, In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, that's the company of persons, was in all about 120. Uh, So these are the closest, say, followers of Jesus. And so uh, Peter said, Brothers, the scripture has uh, had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand, by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the ministry. 
uh, and then kind of this parenthetical thought, uh, verse 18. Uh, now this man acquired a field with the, um, sorry, with the reward of his wickedness, his 30 pieces of silver, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. This is pleasant reading, <laughs> bedtime stories for kids. Uh, this and, is not on the flannel graph in no, Sunday school, it, no. Sunday school. Uh, and it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akadama, which is a field of blood. Uh, for it is written in the book, of, that's the end of the parenthetical thought. So we get a little story about basically Judas's demise. And obviously he hung for enough time for his body to start decomposing. So when the, the tree branch broke or the rope frayed or whatever, when he hit the ground, he kind of burst open there. Mm -hmm. If you really wanted to know. Sorry. So anyway, for it is written, this is Peter talking again, and he's quoting the book of Psalms. Uh, May his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. And another psalm, let another take his office. And so they go about that. Uh, do we keep going? Do we stop here for a second? Let's stop maybe just for a second and look at the concept of who's all of a sudden really introduced here. Uh, Peter gets thrown into here. Mm -hmm. And if we follow along thinking about that, Peter becomes this like uh, foundational element that is described in so much of this book now in this point and think about uh, who Peter is right uh, here and as you see him as we move into the, the chapters that follow you know Peter's this one that we knew just not too long ago it's this denier of Christ right he's the one that you know is, is called out at several different occasions and says I do not know this man I, I don't know no I am not he uh, man, please don't say that. And all of a sudden we see him now uh, taking a very different role. His leadership uh, excels, I think, even to a different uh, level amongst the, the disciples. So maybe keep that in mind as we hear uh, a lot of these, if you will, sermons that are, that are preached by him coming up here. Yeah, that's a great point. So of the 120 people there, followers of the closest people to Jesus who had been with him from, you know, basically his whole ministry, the 11 disciples that you know, the women, the famous women who were with Jesus and accompanied him, washed his feet, um, anointed his feet with oil. Um, yeah, Peter's the one who stands up and kind of assumes or um, obviously they all listen. They all kind of confer this kind of leadership position on Peter. Yeah, and so the first 11 chapters of Acts, really, we get a lot of uh, focus on Peter and his uh, witnessing of God's grace to Jerusalem and Judea. Okay, uh, so he quotes those Psalms, and so now Peter says in verse 21, uh, so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, his whole earthly ministry. Uh, one of these men must uh, become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called uh, Barsabbas, and, uh, sorry, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. So, you got Joseph and Matthias. Uh, and so they prayed about it, 
This is a really important part that a lot of people overlook when they try to read this story. Yeah. But like the first thing they did, it's like, we have to make a very important decision. Yeah. Let's pray about this. Okay. They prayed about it. And then he said, uh, and this is the prayer. You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place in the prayer. And they cast lots for them, like dice. And the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. That's why I've been losing at craps. I just haven't been praying ahead of time. Ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it is interesting that that's mentioned, though, but so key is you hit, like the concept that the first thing they do is pray and their prayer truly is lord show us even just those two words and isn't that a prayer that that we can offer up to god literally at any occasion god god show us show me what to be thankful for today show me the people around me that i could serve today uh, lord show me the opportunity to be able to share you verbally or express the gospel today show us and so maybe that's something that we can even take from this as we kind of conclude down uh what are the things that we have around us living as a, a people who are in the the uh, glory of the post-risen christ that we know this great message so what do we have god to, to show us today we already know all these these great things. We are a part of these people who are baptized, that are chosen, that have the Holy Spirit put upon us. So what is God showing us today? Who uh, can we go out and be able to, to serve? Yeah, I think another, another point I, I always take away from this uh, little account is just God's grace and his blessings. Uh, I'm sure... Uh, like me, many times you've had people come to talk to you for counsel on uh, any number of things uh, in life, all the decisions that we have to make in life. Uh, but some of these really big decisions, like maybe uh, our jobs, you know, people come and, and just share kind of this is kind of the role I'm at now. These are the gifts I'm using now. I think I've got an opportunity or maybe they do have a job offer. Maybe it's here, maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's another city, maybe it's a completely different role altogether. Mm. But I feel like, you know, I've got maybe strengths and skills, gifts, you know, that I can use here. And I can do this and be good. I can do that and be good. And it's like, I'm really praying. I just don't know what God wants me to do. Mm. And I don't, obviously, we always have a choice, an important choice between good and evil, between right and wrong. But I think so many times in our life, God puts before us two good options. Mm, yeah. And it's important to, to pray about it. It's important to analyze it. It's important to talk to family, spouse, whatever you know your situation is. Uh, but I, I, I don't want us to agonize over it. Uh, so often God will put two good options in front of us. And in this case, I believe... Joseph, Justice, I believe he would have made a great 12th apostle witnessing. He had been there from the baptism to the ascension. And I'm sure he did actually end up being a great witness. Yeah. Not to the official 12th. The guy doesn't just Matthias, kick, kick the dice and walk away, right? He's, well, they didn't choose me. Uh, God hasn't chosen me. I'm done. I'm sure he serves alongside with them, obviously, you know? Right. 
So whatever the big life decision is, is it buying a house, this one or that one, downsizing now or staying here another year, uh, whatever it is, a lot of times they're two good options. They're two blessings. They're both blessings from God, and in both cases, God will bless you through them. And so I think I heard a, one pastor give an analogy of like kind of a grandma makes, a, makes you a plate of cookies. You know, and it kind of says, here's your plate of cookies. And you sit there and go, oh, let's see, do I want the oatmeal raisin or do I want the chocolate chip? Oh, which one does grandma want me to take? <laughs> oh, I can't decide. And it's like, your grandma loves it. She wants to take whichever one you want and yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yep. You know, a lot of times, again, good and evil, we need to be sharp, you know, make wise choices. But a lot of times, these big life decisions are really can be good options Either way, God just says, pick one. I'm going to bless you. Either way, God was blessed Joseph and his ministry. God yeah. blessed Matthias and his apostleship. And again, again, the key becomes still looking to God, like you said, uh, but not being, I guess, caught up or being twisted or being uh, just worrisome about these these elements, uh, but not throwing God out of the, the puzzle either. Not just saying, oh, well, I will find the good option. You had that verse uh, a couple weeks ago in your sermon talking about, you know, uh, don't go and say, well, I'm going to build this, or I'm going to go to this city or that city, and I'm going to make money here. But we should say to God, well, God, if you will this, then I will do this. Then I will talk. And, and so that's always, a, I think, a good prayer in the mix of this. Well, God, if you, if you will this, we truly believe and have faith in our Lord that he can uh, stop, postpone, pause, create anything that he, he wants to, ask him whatever in that decision is uh, that he will, again, show us how to be faithful and show us in whatever that path is to be able to serve him. Because uh, just like either one of us, if we would have picked one profession over another, does not mean that you cannot serve the Lord where you're at. Uh, Pastor Mark used to be in a different field a decade ago, but that doesn't mean that he served the Lord any less in that field than he is today. Uh, same thing with whatever your profession is or whatever your vocation is, we should say. Martin Luther was very big on that. Uh, you know, are you being able to take whatever that vocation is or wherever God has placed you or that path that you're on and being able to know, you know, God will bless you there and that you can serve God in that aspect. Very good, yeah. So again, a lot of people read this and they say they roll dice to pick the next apostle, you know, uh, Judas's replacement. I'm like, yeah. If you've got two good options, if God has put placed two good things in front of you, I think flipping a coin is a viable option. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and I I've known uh, I've known guys that have done it even over like calls to like a church, you know, that uh, they've seen two very good options and literally prayed at the altar and flipped a coin, which. I don't know if I could ever do, I I, do, I do it for a call. That is, that is, that is I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go for it. Well, any last uh, key nuggets of wisdom you see in this for us uh, before we maybe wrap up with chapter one this week? Yeah, no, I think that's you know that's the wrap up. So Luke picks up uh, where he ends his gospel, right, with the ascension, and there the disciples are again. Are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, no, you, you got to spread this good news. You got to tell people what just happened, the death and the resurrection of me, uh, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here we are still today spreading that gospel to the ends of the earth. 
And when that job is done, when we can say mission accomplished there, Jesus returns, and there it is. Yep. The new heavens and the new earth. Actually, maybe if you have a if you have a second this week, uh, if you have a map in your Bible or just look one up online really quick, check out that map that Pastor Mark just mentioned, and you'll find basically from south to north those cities mentioned in that order. Uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And maybe think about your neighborhood map or what that looks like in the area surrounding you too, of being able to push out you know, beyond your borders, of uh, being able to, to share this great gift that God has shown us. But with that, we'll pick up next week. Uh, I guess it'll be the story of Pentecost, kind of burn into that. And uh, as we close out today then, uh, why don't we have a, a prayer and then we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Join us in praying. Uh, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this time to jump into your word today and to be able to receive just the wisdom that you have given to us. Uh, Lord, uh, it may be uh, millennia later that we are now uh, reading this same work by Luke, uh, but what a blessing it is to your church today and to all of your people. And so, Lord, as we heard uh, within your word today, show us. Uh, show us those ways to be able to serve. Uh, show us those ways uh, to be able to put this uh, word into action. And Lord, show us how to be uh, just more faithful and trusting to you in all things, uh, remembering the faithful, trusting promises that you have built in us, uh, that you have entrusted unto us as your witnesses on this earth. And so, Lord, we pray for all of our people who are out there uh, today watching this, uh, that you will be with them, uh, give them the comfort, uh, the blessings that they need, and also challenge us, Lord, again, to be able to be your disciples here on this earth. All these things we do lift in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. And with that, we'll go ahead and see you next week. God bless. Yeah, see you Sunday. Sunday. Yeah.